gamers, your ears are in the right place. You're listening to I Never Cast for this episode two. And we are a podcast dedicated to bringing forth discussions on controversial gaming topics and hopefully putting them to rest. And today we're going to be talking about remasters or HD remasters and reboots in the gaming industry. But before we get to that, I have a few guests with us today. So let's introduce them. Returning from last week and the week before, we have Trailard. How's it going, Trailard? Oh, things are going pretty good. Still a bit tired from the puppy, but uh, I don't know. Life's generally good anyway. I uh, haven't really got to play much this week. Uh, bit of Call of Duty, bit of uh, Secret World Legends, and that's about it. Yeah, that's cool. Puppy Street and well. Whenever she's not being a monster, yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. And uh, also joining us for the first time on the podcast, officially, we have Erebus. How's it going, Erebus? Not too bad, not too bad. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. What have you been up to this thank week? Thank you, thank you. Just playing lots of World of Warcraft. Um, I bought, uh, what's it called? L.A. Noir. So I'm going to be playing that. Hopefully I'm not a big single-player gamer, but I'm hoping to get into that a little this week. But uh, mostly just World of Warcraft right now, trying to work on all my characters, playing with a few buddies. Nice. Yep. Like fun. Yeah. Yeah. L.A. Noir is an awesome game. I'm probably going to buy that too, honestly. It's yeah, it's, it look it looks pretty amazing. Uh, I'm big into like this the sleuth type games, so like Phoenix Wright and those types of games. So I'm hoping it'll be it'll be a good time. Cool. Well, let's get into the gaming news first of all. Um, so we have some news about graphics cards. So trailer, what's going on with graphics cards right now? Well, uh, the uh, cryptocurrency miners are apparently renting Boeing 747s to transport the graphics cards that they're uh, purchasing with this uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, at the minute, it's mostly, uh, for the most part, uh, NVIDIA GTX cards, 1060s, 1070s. Yeah. Um, however, uh, you could be looking at a cheaper price point for the new Radeon RX Vegas, which uh, they announced yesterday uh, at the high end. The RX Vega 64 is going to be uh, going to have liquid cooling, so that's something new. It's going to be released on August 14th, and the lowest price mark for the lowest card is going to be $399, and will ship apparently with Prey and Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Hmm, that's a pretty good deal. Seems like. Yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Well, anything to bring down the the prices of the cards because they've been artificially spiked. Because of these, uh, because of this cryptocurrency uh, debacle, and it's pricing basically, uh, get, you know, I mean, just regular gamers out. So once this all gets sorted out and these uh, cryptocurrencies start to lose uh, value, which I believe is actually happening at the moment for some of them, then we'll get back to business as, as usual. No, that's good. Yeah, because I'm looking to get a new graphics card myself pretty soon and Erebus I believe you told me you were looking to get a new one as well weren't you I am looking for a new graphics card yeah like I've been keeping close watch on the prices but it's been that whole cryptocurrency thing has kind of screwed up the prices the only one that hasn't really been affected that I saw was the 1080 and the 1080 Ti which I think is the card I might go for I I, I was a strong advocate for the 1070 um, but based on the new prices I, I think the 1080 is a better option 
but I think if the old price is the 1070 was the best bang for the for your buck. But uh, I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on the 1080. I think I think it's more future proof. Yeah, go big or go home. Exactly. Yeah. No, I need to get a new one myself. Mine is dying. I've been playing uh, some Shadow of Mordor today, and uh, it's a wicked game. But like constantly when I'm looking around, I just see artifacts and black pixels everywhere. It's driving me insane. So hopefully the prices all go down pretty soon. Um, think any other news for graphics cards? No, I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to Twitch.tv. <laughs> They've actually, if anyone remembers back in the day, not back in the day, but I mean, I think it was a few years ago, there was Twitch Plays Pokemon, and basically the viewers could input commands such as left, right, start, that kind of stuff. And by doing that, you could actually control the character and all the fights in Pokemon Red is the original one. And I think they moved on to the, the sequels after that. But that similar system has been moved over to Players Unknown Battlegrounds, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, trailer, what was going on with that specifically? Well, I'm not too sure when they started, but it was definitely within the past week. What I do know on what I've seen, they actually managed in the second day to get third place. And this is with uh, people on Twitch giving commands to this thing. They also managed to get a kill, although there's some debate over whether the person that they killed was watching the stream, so allowed it to happen. But fact of the matter is, they did manage to kill somebody. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the fact they came third place is, is one thing. Well, that, that's I don't know what's more remarkable, honestly. Getting a kill or coming in third place, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. We, uh, I know myself and Erebus play a lot of uh, players on Battlegrounds, so it's, uh, that's pretty impressive. That is impressive, yeah. Battlegrounds is an incredible game, too. I saw that it sold over 5 million copies, I think it just passed, or 6 million copies or something like that. That's insane. And it's coming to console. It's coming to Xbox, actually, as well. So that's going to boost sales for sure. I don't think it's yeah. crossplay, though which I assume it won't be because that would give an unfair advantage to PC players. It will, and I don't think they need it. I think the player base is, is high enough and it keeps growing. And then with those first-person-only servers, I think that'll make a big uh, make a big difference. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be tuning into that Twitch Plays <laughs> Players Unknown Battlegrounds. So that's going to be <laughs> yeah, something be awesome to watch. But uh, some other... Uh, pub, I don't, is it called PUBG or PUBG? I don't even know how to... How to it's called Pubes. I don't. I don't think that's quite it, but uh, or pub, pub, pubga for short. <laughs> yeah, that's probably uh, that's pretty pretty close. Uh, more news with that. There's actually been some complaints from streamers that who have been streaming Players Unknown Battlegrounds, complaining that they're getting stream sniped. Trailer. I know you have a strong opinion on this. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> a player actually got banned for so-called stream sniping. Now, my own personal view is that the ban was bogus just simply because if someone's stupid enough to play a competitive game such as this and then complain whenever people seek them out then that's you know i mean i don't know personal responsibility either put a delay on the stream so that there's less chance of it happening or just don't stream it uh it's stupid it's completely stupid to allow uh something like this to happen and then but get somebody banned just because uh, you want to cry about it yeah. When there's ways that you can actually, uh, you know what I mean, nip it in the bud right from the start. Yeah, exactly. Like, is it is it a, a mean thing to do technically from a from a viewer's point of view? Yes, I guess. But 
it's almost expected. Like if you think of all the trolls and on the internet and what the internet community can be like in certain games for sure, that's expected. So streamers should pull out the tools necessary to combat that. Like you said, introduce a delay or something like that. Just can't happen. Do you have an opinion on that, Erebus? Yeah, I, I think the you know, there's not really anything that they can do. There's certain games that they have stream protection, uh, like covering up the mini map or doing different things to to protect it. But um, there's not really anything you can do in Battlegrounds because if somebody's in your game and you're hiding away, it's, it's pretty easy to tell where that person is. So I, I don't really know what the mechanism is for them to protect against stream sniping. Maybe some type of UI thing that they could do. I'm not sure, but... It'd be nice to see an effort from the developer to somehow combat that. But otherwise, the only other way would be to delay your stream a significant amount of time, and then that impacts your ability to interact with the viewers. That being said, it would be difficult to interact with the viewers doing during a Pubica game because it's it's relatively <laughs> it's relatively uh, like if you're actually playing the game legit, it's hard to take your eyes off the screen and focus on chat while you're playing. It's pretty intense, but. I don't know. I'd like to see something probably from the developers, but yes, yeah, so to Willie's point, they kind of have to stop whining about it too. Because if you're streaming, then it's it's, it's just going to happen, and you kind of have to just laugh it off. Yeah, couldn't because they, they have names displayed in it too, don't they? Like you can. Look yeah. Your, so. Yeah, there's some other there's some other game that does that, right? That it hides your. I I remember watching that. I can't remember what game it was. That this it, it had some stream protection where it hid your player name or hid something so people yeah. couldn't get into your game. I I, I can't remember how it worked. Uh, yeah, I don't know what game that was either, but. I figured that I just figured that would be an easy way to combat it. Honestly, just don't hide everyone's name except people that are in your own party. Yeah, I guess I don't know. There there might be something more complicated with it, but to me, that would be fun. The the problem is, is when you're hiding at the end of the game and you're in like the circle and you're in a house, it's pretty easy for them to figure if they're in your game and they know you're they're in your game for you to for you to hide. There's no way to do it if you're streaming. Yeah, I guess that's true too. And how do they? But, how would they prove it too that someone was actually stream sniping? I think that's the issue: is it's difficult to prove. Yeah, but the fact that it's difficult to prove and someone got banned seems like a problem. Oh, that, I saw that story too. It was extremely controversial. Yeah. 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 Anything else about that? No, we should uh, play that sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> I know it's been getting more and more optimized, so my computer can actually handle it. So yes, I'm up for that. Cool, cool. Uh, moving on to um, something I'm very excited about, and Erebus, I think you are too, for sure. Uh, StarCraft Remastered is coming out August 14th, and I played the first game an unhealthy amount back when I was a child, and uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time, so I'm like really, really excited about the remastered version. Did you guys play a lot of StarCraft growing up? Well, uh, I played mostly the single player. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys played, a, played the hell out of the multiplayer, though. I played an absolute metric poo ton of StarCraft. It was uh, when I was younger. I played it on a Nintendo 64 first with our friend Shane. Michael was there, too. Kelther. And I found it a lot more challenging than StarCraft 2 is. Um, just mechanically, I found it a lot more difficult to play. Does start, is it going to have the F2 feature? No, the F2 was, <laughs> F2 was simply just for... Well, I don't know how I'm going to play StarCraft if I have to macro my units or micro my units that way. I don't know how to set up control groups because me and my buddy Ryan, all we, we use that F2 key like a boss in StarCraft. <laughs> yeah, that was my problem with StarCraft too. It was like you can highlight as many units as you want, or essentially. Yeah. 
there's just a lot of mechanics that seemed kind of noob friendly, but I don't know. I I, I do. I'm I, I miss the old mechanics from the first game, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and hopefully, they, I'm sure they hold up too. Yeah, the graphics look really good too. I've watched some videos of it. The the high definition stuff and the new animations and stuff look really good. Yeah, and it's the exact same engine as the first game, which is great because I think a lot of people thought it was going to be just in the StarCraft II engine, which would have not been good at all in my opinion like they, mm-hmm. they needed to have the classic classic version of it so i'm, I'm really happy they did that and uh, propzilla in chat here says he has over 2500 games so that is significant you obviously played a lot too <laughs> yes and for yeah. those that don't know we do broadcast live on twitch on mondays at 8 30 p.m eastern time around there a bit later than that today but that's no big deal uh twitch.tv slash i never cast for this so feel free to tune in live if you're listening on podcast uh yeah so actually starcraft remastered kind of was a foundation for our topic today which we will get into now so the topic of the week is remasters and reboots or hd remasters i should say so first of all what exactly is a remaster anyone have an idea a remaster is basically uh usually it's just a reskinning uh, to make it look shinier on newer hardware usually there isn't anything new as far as uh, mechanics and things go it's literally just to make it look a bit prettier so it's yeah we'll get into the details uh, the nitty-gritty but that's the basics of what a remaster is yeah cool wow and now Erebus's screen is very dark <laughs> getting serious now no well that's it's, it's an example of a remaster but uh, remaster gone wrong. Yeah. No, I just hated the fact that I looked like I was on Touched by an Angel illuminated face. But <laughs> yeah, like remaster, I think is 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 kind of it's it's the the graphics is the main part. Most of the remastered games that we'll probably talk about are just graphical updates and different things like that. But there are some games that we can probably get into as well that have you know remastered and, and changed some mechanics of the game or added some some features or some extra content or whatever but kept the general foundation of the game so it depends on i guess the definition of remaster and how we're going to use it but generally yeah it's it's just an update of the graphics and maybe some freshening up of the features yeah i think you guys both nailed it for sure so there's remasters but there's also reboots so what's the difference in case someone's not quite sure a reboot is basically just a reimagining um it's uh, an example would be the original Prayer game, and then the new Prayer that was released there within the past year. It's basically the same name, but it's a totally different game. Uh, so they actually rebooted it uh, after they had Prayer 2, which was going to follow on from the original Prayer. But then they decided just to scrap that and start the whole thing over again. So does does Prey, the the reboot of Prey, does that actually share a lot of similar concepts with the first game, or is it mainly just like the name that they kept? That's mainly the name that they kept. I uh, have played both. I did enjoy the original one, and I did enjoy the the reboot. The original one, uh, the big thing about it was uh, you could run through portals and the way that that mechanic was set up. But they removed that uh, in this new one. But whereas the old one played more as a straight up just shooter with these interesting mechanics the reboot plays I don't know it's a mix of 
you know what I mean, uh, System Shock slash Deus Ex slash uh, a first-person shooter. So hmm. it's, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a different, totally different from the way that the original went. Okay. So, so yeah, so that one wouldn't be a remaster because it is a brand new game, more of a. It is. It's a reboot. Yeah, reimagining, like you said. So, regards to remasters, I guess. Do we have? I guess we can just start with some examples. Like, what's what's pretty popular example of a of a remastered game? Oh well, the obvious one would be Bioshock One and Two. They sorely that one sorely needed uh, an update on new gen consoles just simply because it did not look good on older consoles uh they always looked decent on the pc uh the good thing about this was the console players had to purchase bioshock the bioshock uh, trilogy uh on you know i mean from scratch whereas for pc if you already owned it on steam you got uh, bioshock one and two for free they didn't remaster uh bioshock infinite on pc because there's really no need to uh because the version that was ported over to the new gen of consoles was technically the pc version as far as graphics and whatnot went and that game's pretty new anyway i think it came out in 2014 or, or early 2015 around there yeah sounds about right yeah Bi- bioshock one i remember bioshock one on uh, pc erebus that was one of your first big that was my game. first game after i got a dell xps laptop <laughs> laptops i've ever had but the game it ran the game really well crappiest sorry michael uh the just getting on the topic again, the the remaster the remastered games. So there's two games that come to mind for me for for remastered games. The first one being my favorite would be Chrono Trigger. Um, Chrono Trigger was a game I played on an emulator, one of the best RPGs of all time. If anyone hasn't played it, and uh, they remastered it, I guess would be the word for the Nintendo DS. The graphics didn't really change that much. They did they did improve them a little bit, and they added a couple of new dungeons. Uh, and some extra features and quality of life features within the game, but for the most part, it was the same game. But it really, really applied well to the handheld kind of style. Mm. Uh, and the other remaster game that I think is probably one of the best iterations of a remaster game is the original Halo game when they put it on. Was it on the Xbox 360 or the Xbox One? I can't remember. But they they remastered the Halo games, and one of the coolest features in those games, I thought, was the ability to change between the old graphics and the new remastered graphics on the fly. And I thought that was a really cool touch for the nostalgia type piece. So if you're in a room that you remember as a kid, when you were playing, you could just hit the select button and it would go to the old graphics and then back to the new graphics. So you could kind of reminisce on the old times and, and remember what the levels used to look like. So I thought that was a cool feature that I think they should apply in a lot of these other remastered type games. Yeah. I thought that was a good idea too. Yeah. It was the halo combat evolved anniversary game. That's what it was. Yeah. What, that was on Xbox 360. Oh, okay, yeah. And that came out in like 2012 or 20, 2011, I think it was. And I remember when that first came out too, I was super stoked. Like Halo 1 is an amazing game. And yeah, I like that feature too, how you could press the back button and see the old graphics with the new graphics and how much they improve. But it's it, it's a good remaster in, in that they actually included the full, like the graphics are a complete overhaul. Like they actually look way different. It's not yeah. just like a couple of reskins here and there. Like it looks way, way better. So yeah, I think the gameplay was a hundred percent the same. I don't think they changed anything with that, did they? Or did they add anything? I can't remember. No, as far as, far as I know, the, the gameplay yeah. is exactly the same, and the, and it had online multiplayer, and which the, the original game didn't have. So yeah. right, right, right. So that, yeah. like, I think it was a, a really, and, and I think it was only at least Canadian price. It was thirty nine ninety nine, 
at the time, which is, which is great for a new release game, even though it is a remaster. But I think it was a reason. Well, you could, that, that's a whole other podcast topic. Should they be charging full price for these remastered games? Or I don't know if you're including that in this, but that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I think thirty nine ninety nine was a fair price. Yeah, we'll probably touch on that. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Did you play? You played all the Halo games too, didn't you, Trillard? Yeah, uh, well, through the Master Chief Collection, I managed to get through the entirety of Halo 1 to 4. The thing I found most jarring about that was they didn't remake uh, Halo 3. So go, jumping from Halo 2, which was completely remastered, uh, and then going back to what the graphics were for Halo 3 on the 360, it was a bit of a shock. And then going back into uh, more up-to-date graphics with Halo 4. So that's the only thing. That's the only downside I can say about the Halo Master Chief Collection was they didn't do uh, Halo Three as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I play like Halo One looks looks decent, but they had already remastered that. Like when Erebus was saying with the the first game, uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary, and yeah, Halo Two looked fantastic. Like that game looked really really good. But yeah, like you said, Halo Three like they that totally could have used like yes, it was still naturally in HD. But it still could have used an overhaul, and Halo Four mm-hmm. still looked good, and which was fine. But it would have been nice if they did something with Halo Three. Yeah, did you play that too, Mark or Erebus? No, no, I only played the first Halo One and Halo Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're definitely they're all worth playing. I think the campaign is where where they shine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What else can we talk about here? The the lack of backwards compatibility, I think, is causing a big issue in the gaming industry because if there was backwards compatibility do you think a lot of remasters would be made in the first place probably not because they really wouldn't need to um i mean sony this generation is far more to blame than microsoft uh now they do have sony does have a streaming option to stream older games but then that leads into the problems of well you're streaming a game from from a server so all of your inputs are are there's going to be lag there. Uh, so that's going to have an, an inherent pro- uh, problem. But even then, that compounds it. Uh, but whenever they are releasing these uh, remasters for newer uh, generation consoles, like for example, they, they can be good and they can be bad. I mean, the Metal Gear uh, HD collection was a good one. It included Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and uh, Peace Walker. But the problem... Uh, the big thing for me was it came with uh, Metal Gear 3, which at that point hadn't been released on PC, still hasn't, and I didn't own a PS2, so I never got to play it. So being able to play that on a PS3 was worth it for me. Then you have the other side of the coin, where they just released something that's absolutely atrocious. Uh, you got Silent Hill HD Collection, uh, the, which included Silent Hill 2 and 3. The graphics weren't, there really wasn't that much of an upgrade in graphics uh, compared to the original. It looked bad. Even the effects in the game were horrible. Uh, the controls just weren't there. I, it was basically, uh, I feel it was a cash grab uh, for the just the laziest quote, uh, quotient possible because they really didn't do that much work on it uh, to release it for uh, the PlayStation 3. Yeah, and I guess that's where the issue comes in. You had some good examples there, but like when, when, is, when does a remaster become a cash grab and when does it become something actually useful that gamers should run out and go buy Erebus do you have have an opinion on that Erebus I think it comes to like accessibility like I don't think anybody at least that I saw like using the Chrono Trigger example they did very very little with the Chrono Trigger change even the graphics were the same 
But I think applying that to the DS and the handheld market for a completely new generation of gamers who would never in their life have a Super Nintendo or buy a Super Nintendo for the most part, that game just wasn't accessible. So I think it, I don't think that was a cash grab. But again, to my point, to the kind of on the pricing point, I don't think it should be a full price game just simply because it's it's not a new game. It's it's something that some people like, you know, a lot of people would have experienced before, at least the older gamers would have. So and I think if the game is adding multiplayer functionality to an existing game that, you know, maybe didn't have multiplayer or doesn't have the ability to play multiplayer, I think that can warrant some type of price uh, as well, and I don't view that as, as a cash grab, even if they've made like no other changes to the game. Because I think if there's a game that people like StarCraft, people just want to play multiplayer StarCraft again. So I think if they just released StarCraft again and added multiplayer functionality, people would buy it. Yes, they're doing some other stuff with it, which is nice, but I don't view that as a cash grab either. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Like I think it, de- I think it depends on the kind of game. Like you said, StarCraft. Like people want the original StarCraft. They don't want the original StarCraft with a few units added. Like they want the core right. gameplay of the original game, for sure. Right. And I think. Well, that- I think the it also comes down to the price point. Uh, with StarCraft, you're looking at what fifteen bucks. Yeah, and that's a long ass game uh, campaign to get through. Whereas you have the likes of this. Uh, and for me, this is an issue. Was Elder Scrolls V Skyrim? Whenever they released uh, the the one with the updated graphics for PC, uh, those were already available via mods. But then they went and released it, and they went and released it at full price, which mm-hmm. for me was like, okay, what's the point of this? Yeah, because since right. you can already do all this, there's tools out there that you can add these mods to the game. Yeah, because Skyrim's a six-year-old game. Like it came out November eleventh. Yeah. 2011 like that's a long time ago for yeah. a new game at max price like that of this and i think there's a challenge there's a challenge with pc remakes as well because and i'll i could i was going to touch on this at some point i guess now is probably a better time than ever. but um deus ex is one of my favorite games of all time the original deus ex and and deus ex human revolution and the original deus ex is a game i would love to replay i would absolutely love to see a remastered Deus Ex game released, I would pay full price for it. However, that's just me. If you are into modding, you can play Deus Ex on the PC and go, you know, troubleshoot a whole bunch of mods. And there's, and Willie can probably talk more about this. He knows more than me, but um, there's a full like remastered skin, all these different mods you can make to make Deus Ex basically a remastered game. For me as a consumer, I'm willing to just pay for it and get, you know, the developers to endorse it and, and buy a new one. But some would argue that would be a cash grab because it's open source and you know the the modding community has already done that. But I, that's a game I'd like to see again. Does Deus Ex see remastered because it's it's ter- in its current form, it's an original form. It did not age well at all. Yeah, it's true. There are and there are a few games that didn't age well at all. Like I tried going back to play uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII and I was enjoying it. Like it was a good game, but the graphics are absolutely terrible. Like a bunch of block. Like it looks like Minecraft graphics, but worse, which is saying yeah. something. But the, the so gameplay is good. Yeah, go ahead. What, what Final Fantasy VII is, what's interesting is they put Final Fantasy VII, you could, I can't remember if it was released or if I just got it somehow, but I was playing it on the PlayStation Vita um, somehow. Was it? I, I can't even remember if that it was, was the, or not. You did have it on the Vita. I remember that. I, I just can't remember if I had it legally or not. But the, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. But anyways, on the Vita, it looked great. For whatever reason, it, it didn't look nearly as bad as it does like on a PC. Whatever, it didn't look stretched. It didn't whatever the revol- resolutions were on that system. It looked fantastic compared to 
what you're talking about oh, on PC. I didn't know that actually. That actually makes yeah. sense when it's shrink there's less uh, yeah, exactly. Be resolution. It wasn't nearly nearly as pixelated, yeah. But that's probably an illegal way to get the game, so I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I think there was a way to transfer it from like PlayStation to to the Vita. Oh no, it was it was you yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I bought it on the PlayStation three and then I ported it over to the Vita. You could have the ability to do that, I forgot. So yeah, it was legal. That's good. So that's another cool. That's another cool topic for remasters too. Is when the consoles are linked to, um, you know the uh, the portable version of that. So like Nintendo and the Nintendo DS or PlayStation, the PlayStation Vita or whatever that new system is called. I think that's appealing to a lot of people too that want to play some of their old favorite games, but on a portable device and take it with them. I think that's a, that's that's some demand there as well. Yeah, which the Nintendo eShop has done a fair amount too with. Uh, like the original Super Mario 64 is now on the DS, which you could get. Um, yeah, and that was that was a remaster too. I'm pretty yeah, it was. And uh, and some games are just plain ported onto a new system. Like the N64, Donkey Kong 64 is now on the, the Wii U, for example. So you could play yeah. that on the the Wii U gamepad, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think the Nintendo is the if we're talking about remastered gods, Nintendo is you know, the king of, of that they're, they know what they know, what they're, what they're doing. And they arguably put probably the least amount of work into their remasters. Like a lot of their games are literally just re-released on a different platform and people eat them up and everything. You just talk even remastered consoles. If you want to call, you want to call it that yeah. all but, those classic editions of consoles. But is that, that a, a remaster or is that just a re-release? Um, probably a re like they did the same thing. Like, so they put Ocarina of Time on, the DS, the exact same thing as Chrono Trigger, and you could call those re-releases, but they still put they still put extra stuff into the game. Like they added extra dungeons and different functionality. They had the 3D effects in Ocarina of Time, I believe. Like they had they did some different things with it. So yes, it, I think it was remastered. It depends on again, it depends on how we're defining it. Like the graphics weren't new. They didn't update the graphics, but they you know, it was yeah. re-released. Super Mario was put on the DS, I think, yeah. and I would some agree. Other yeah, I would agree. Those two are definitely. I, I would call those remasters too. The Ocarina of Time and, and Mario. Do you have something to add, trailer? No, I was just. Uh, I didn't know that they added uh, new dungeons to the game you were just talking about. Um, pretty much, if it's just a straight uh, port, then that's what it is. They just ported from one system to another. Yeah, so like they have the ability now. Like you can just go into the eShop, like Kelthar said, and you could download the original. Uh, a lot of the original N64 games and a lot of the different games, and they're literally the exact same game. They haven't done anything with it. I think the issue right now, too, is like for a lot of the demand, and I think they could make a lot more money, is just licensing issues. Like They can't re-release certain games, like Rare games and stuff like that, because of the tie-in to, to Microsoft now and hmm. things like that. But that I know that's... I, I have to imagine... I, I don't, don't have any statistics in front of me, but I have to imagine that is making a lot of money for these companies when just with very little amount of work involved. Yeah, because some people just want the old base game with nothing changed at all, like a lot of yeah. gamers in probably in their late 20s, early 30s especially, who like the classics. They and and it's, the consumer, it's the consumers too. Like to my point about the the consumers, like the Deus Ex people, I would buy a Deus Ex remake. A lot, a lot of people wouldn't. Willie might be one of them because of the mods that exist. And, and, that, and, and he's played through it probably with those mods. But... Um, and that's the same thing with the classic console. Some people would say, hey, I'm not going to buy a re- redone NES with redone NES games, so a classic NES with those classic NES games that are you know redone or remastered or whatever. If they're not, I, I don't know if they remastered them or not, but if, even if they're not, 
Uh, some people would say just get an emulator or just play on your old. Like, there's mechanisms to get those games. But I think the consumer market now, for like like you said, the 30 and 40 year old gamers, uh, just want remastered versions of their games, and they and they're willing to pay for it. They don't, they don't want to put any work into finding a way to set it up or download it illegally or, set, or however. They just want a copy of the game, like I, like StarCraft, right? Like there was there was debates on about StarCraft. People saying they're charging 15 bucks for a, like a, a reskinned StarCraft game. There's a lot of people that don't like that. Yeah. But but the people that don't like that, they they are they released the first game for free. You you can go download it right now, hundred percent free. The original game, nothing changed. That's it. And like, uh, but like is, does it have online functionality though? I believe so. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they still kept the servers up. Like, will they be able to play? Like, when this remastered game comes out, will those original StarCraft people be able to play with the remastered players? That's a good point. That's worth looking into. I actually not sure. Because if that's the case, then it's 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 a well, you could call it a cash grab in the sense that they're they're releasing it for free to get people kind of enticed to the game, and then if they want to start playing it competitively, they have to buy the remastered version. So it could just be a whole model to to get people to buy, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Be, I don't have I, the answer. To that. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I wouldn't be surprised if they're separate or if they are the or if they are on the same servers because it really is the same game. It's just reskin, basically. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, but yeah, like Propzilla said in chat a while ago, he said, uh, without new resolutions added, the old game either stretches or had, has borders and generally looks terrible on current widescreen monitors, which which is good for remasters in a sense, because it would be really good if Final Fantasy VII, for example, was updated in that sense. And I was kind of hoping for Final Fantasy VII that they would remaster it, and instead they're doing a full reboot as far as I know. I think they're changing all the game mechanics and yeah, everything. Yeah, the whole combat and everything is changing in that game. I think another game that has done the remastered thing really well and kind of grown with it is Age of Empires 2. I think Age of Empires 2 was a competitive RTS game that I that basically was a direct competitor to StarCraft while we were growing up back in the late 90s, early 2000s, whatever. And I think a few years ago, they released Age of Empires 2 again, remastered. Did they, I don't know. Did they call it remastered edition? Or I don't know what they called it. HD edition, I guess. Yeah, I think it was HD edition. It, yeah, so like they re-released the HD edition and it was basically a reskin version. They didn't do a lot with it when I believe when it first came out, uh, but the resolution was better. And for an RTS game, resolution's everything, being able to see more on the screen and everything. And Age of Empires 2 was a cult classic. It was followed by millions of people and, it, and a lot of people picked it back up. But since then, they've had additional expansions, like completely new expansions with that same engine, with the old engine, but with the remastered thing. And they've built on that HD edition. So that HD edition remaster has now almost become like a almost like a reboot in the sense that they've added expansions and different features within the game. And now they're releasing the ultimate edition, I believe, for Xbox. So that's a game that the remaster kind of triggered a whole resurgence of that. Oh, really? Franchise. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Trailer. Did you play any? Did you play either Final Fantasy VII or Age of Empires two? Uh, Age of Empires 2 I did um, it was a game that I enjoyed for a while back when it was first released I can't remember if I played the HD version I do believe I own it actually <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah it goes back to the backlog but um, I did enjoy the original and from what I've seen of the the new version it, that leads into another point if people are going to be playing playing it again if there's going to be a new batch of players coming in then that that can only be good for you know i mean the online portion of the game mm-hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because a lot of people might just not play at all if the graphics are like from the '90s or early 2000s. But yeah, if if it, if yeah. the gameplay is solid, which it is, then yeah, why not just re- rehash the graphics a little bit and bring bring a new generation into it? Yeah. So I don't see anything wrong with that. I guess that kind of leads to another point, though. Do remasters ultimately lead to a lack of innovation in the gaming community or gaming industry? I think I don't think it's an arguable thing. I think I think remasters have contributed to a laziness in the industry for gamers like us. They are, you know, there's a nostalgia piece where we just want to see the games remade. I always get excited when I see a remake for my favorite game, but I can't not admit, like I have to, I have to admit, I should say that, you know, there's probably been a stifling of innovation in the gaming community or, you know, the games that have come out. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I had to look at some trends and see some, like over the past few years, have the games and Willie, you would know this cause you've, you play every game, but have games, let, you know, had the, same level of consistency in terms of innovation and new ideas and new types of games coming out regularly, or has it kind of tapered off since this whole remastering thing became a thing? Well, back in the, I can tell you back in the eighties, it was pretty much the wild west. You had ideas that basically nobody had thought of. Now, of course there were people rehashing ideas that were popular, but there was far more innovation. I feel back then, whenever it was just a guy sitting in his, uh, sitting in his bedroom, uh, coding these games on his own, and then sending them out on the old 8-bit uh, computers. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, every couple of months, there would be a new mechanic that somebody had thought up and find a way to implement into a game. Uh, now, that's something you don't really see. Now, you've got uh, pretty much them doing the same thing over and over and over, and that leads into the whole remasters thing. It's, for me... If you're going to do the same thing, it's a bit like the movies. I mean, there, there's a trend in, in movies where they're remaking stuff from my childhood. It's like, stop messing with my childhood. <laughs> um, a good example, one that uh, caused quite a bit of controversy uh, not too long ago, was the new Ghost, Ghostbusters reboot. Me, personally, I didn't, I didn't like it, but not because there was women in it or whatever else, just simply because it was not a good movie. It just did not stand up to the original uh, two movies for me. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say that movie was not uh, up to standard for sure. Didn't compare to the old ones. Yeah, I think games are really. Um, I, don't, I I really do think that the mastering the, the mastering of games is is stifling the innovation of, of games. But then you could argue as well that that you know back in the eighties and the nineties, you know, games was a, a new thing. It was a brand new thing. So obviously, there's going to be a lot more new ideas. Whereas now we're you know 30, 30 years in, and it's a lot harder to have a game that's innovative and, and kind of peaks to the to the audience. We're seeing MOBA after MOBA after MOBA, and that millions of people play. We're seeing first-person shooters that millions of people play. I don't know, like I have a pretty big Steam friend list from from my streaming days. Like I have 140 or 130 people, whatever, on on Steam, and it's amazing to me how many people are playing the same game. Like it's it's like when I'm on and, and like you know almost everybody's in battlegrounds or almost everybody's in overwatch or almost every, like it's, it, there's a very kind of like finite number of games that it seems like most people play. I'm guilty of that as well. Like world of Warcraft is, is a popular MMO and, and a lot of people play that. And that's what I spend most of my time with. So 
it's it, it, I think I, I think I've seen a lack of, of innovation in games in, in the past little while. I, I can't really think off the corner of my head the last really like innovative game I played or like with brand new new ideas. Even, like even Battlegrounds is like a is a is a, you know not a remaster, but it's a, a refresh for the fourth or fifth time on the same type of game. So that's that's kind of. Yeah, I think with remasters, ultimately, it's a, it's a comfort level. Like, people like yeah. what's familiar. So yeah. there's some people who play the same Call of Duty games. There's been, like, a million yeah. Call of Duty games. Some people only like Assassin's Creed. How many Assassin's Creed games are there? Like, 10? There's got to yeah. be, like, around 10. So, like, th- that's another issue, too. Like, sequel after sequel after sequel of the same game over and over. Because I guess the developer knows it works. So why mess with it? Just keep making the same right. thing over and over and, they know and then re-release the, and, and then re-release the same assassin's creed original game on a newer platform or exactly. something like 10, like what is vr what is vr going to do like i feel like when vr becomes mainstream we're going to see vr remakes of all of our original favorite games like i think we're just like we're, we're in the game world and it's all going to be promoted as yeah. we're in these game worlds and we get to experience them in vr for the first time and it, again it will require very little work for the developer from the sense of having to make new content which i'm okay with I think that'd be cool, personally. Uh, I think it would be cool too. But like, what I'm saying is, is are we a victim of this in the sense of like, in the long term, as a gamer who you know, I, I'm I'm happy for remasters, but are you happy for remasters at the cost of perhaps a lack of innovation? Like, I want to see some new stuff. I want to see some groundbreaking new games that completely shake up the market. And I'm worried that you know, as remasters become more and more of a thing, like. Think about all the resources Nintendo has devoted to remastering their stuff and like all these new consoles. Like they're re-releasing a Super Nintendo now. They're going to be re-releasing a Nintendo 64, I would say, down the road. And like, where do, where does the rabbit hole end with that kind of stuff, right? Or is it? And I don't know. Is it not? Is it not stifling innovation at all? Are we still seeing the same amount of games? I would argue no. If I'm thinking about games that I've played, but. I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Trailer? Do, do you, like, uh, not to jump on Kelthar's train here, but uh, in asking questions, but do you think that, uh, like, you've, you've played games the past 30 years or so. Have you seen it slow down in terms of, of innovation? Like, and would you attribute that to the remastery, or would you attribute that to just the fact that games have been in the market for a long time and there's just, it's harder to get ideas? Um, remasters definitely play a role in it because it's, uh, it's a lot of the times it's seen as easy money, particularly for games that sold well the first time around. Uh, the other problem with the innovation aspect would be just the fact that uh, studios, a lot of studios, are just cowards when it comes to put uh, allowing new ideas to be submitted by their developers. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there has been ideas that have been brought up uh, to these big companies and they've been nixed just simply because they didn't want to take a chance on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think what it comes down to is like, if you remember growing up and you talk to when, like if, if when you were a child and you were talking to people in their forties and fifties, they say, Oh, music was the best back in the seventies. Music died after the seventies. That was the best time for music. And, and and even us to an extent when we were kids we were saying oh N64 was the best system it had the best games and stuff like that so like I think when you get to a certain age everything that you experienced when you were younger was considered the best right mm-hmm. so I, I think that developers might have or might be trying to cash in on that that 
that yeah. philosophy, I guess, saying like, oh, well, people like what the old stuff is, so bring that in, and then kind of reintroduce it to the new generation. And like you were saying, Erebus, it kind of does stifle some things and slow progress down, certainly, I think, because mm. people are just yeah, well, the, going for that you've stuff. Got the, you've got the... Uh, Indie developers out there, they're the ones that are making the innovation. They're the I ones that are coming up with these new ideas. Yeah, I was about to say literally the exact same thing. I was thinking of games like Limbo and different games that have come out that have kind of like, Limbo was like the, the new platformer that completely kind of changed how platformers were perceived and stuff. Like, I think there's all these little indie games that, and I think to uh, Trailer's point, like the Steam, Steam for, for sure, and, and to what Propzilla is saying there in chat about the limitations of the technology, with the expansion of technology and PCs and, and Xbox One and all the you know the different consoles and stuff, we have a lot more powerful technology. So obviously, games have diversified and new things have come out. I would think that the indie developers, to Trailer's point, have definitely capitalized on that, and there's been a lot more opportunity, especially on Steam, for small developers to kind of kind of jump out and, and stand out to people. But that's kind of what I'm saying is like these big developers that like and big companies that have the opportunity to make more innovative games and more innovative, uh, you know, innovative stuff. I don't know if they're really doing that or are they focused too much on these remakes and, and making 35 sequels of Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed when they could be spending resources on making these new, new IPs. And honestly, that that's what it is. Like, I think the big companies are so focused on trying to make money. They're afraid to go out and do new things. Whereas the indie yeah. people are starting out. They want, and for an indie developer to make it, they almost have to make something new or else they'll just blend in with everything else. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, um, and that, that's kind of the thing. It's like, if I compare it to TV, everyone says right now that we're in the golden age of television. From the history of television, what I read online, you know, this is another topic, but we're in the golden age of of TV. Like, there's that many shows coming out that are unique. There's all this, like, it's just, it's crazy when you think about all the shows that are coming out and, and I'm a big TV watcher, but when I compare it to games, that's, that's kind of where I'm like, is it, are we, are, like, are we limited on games? Are we, I, I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of talking over my, around my head here, but I, I really do think like if Activision and these huge companies with billions of dollars of resources, like, don't you think by now we should have seen something like massive? Like in the, like if you compare to the games that we were playing 10 years ago to the games we're playing now, has there been that much of a change to what we're playing and what we're seeing out there? Yeah, VR is starting to make a little bit of a push, but that's technology again. But from a games perspective, have we seen anything like truly groundbreaking and massive considering the amount of technology has evolved and the amount of billions of dollars that like video the, the money in video games has surpassed like every other industry in the past 10 years right like there's more money in video games than hollywood than everything like if you look at, at, at the money that flows through these these big companies so shouldn't we see something massive like like by now i, I think we should and i'm wondering is 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 the mat is this whole remastering thing and kind of easy money thing and lazy money is that hindering it that's kind of what i'm trying to get at yeah um i would agree with that course you, you also have i would argue that uh the original elite was remastered in a big way that was almost really dangerous you wouldn't you call I mean? it a reboot um, no it's definitely not a reboot uh the old game was that simple that you really 
yeah, it's basically got it's got the same basic concept. It's just uh, it's it's got a far better setup. It looks better. Uh, it's not randomly generated like the original was to save uh, memory space, but it has this huge, huge universe. I think uh, whenever they created it, what they did in space and made it so vast that the uh, you know what I mean that's a remastered on right. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Elite Dangerous is a pretty good game. <laughs> that's pretty. Uh... Pretty vast. But like that, Elite Dangerous is a good example. I didn't even think about that one. So like, Elite Dangerous does something insane. Like, yes, you can argue whether it's effective and and whatever, but 400 billion star systems in a game is ridiculous. Like, call it what you will. Like, yes, it's all, you know, procedurally generated or whatever the the phrase is. But it's, that, that to me is cool. Like, 400 billion star systems, a vast space to explore, kind of a one-to-one ratio type thing. And it's like that, that's to me is kind of like a groundbreaking type thing. Star citizen is another game. That's just, it's going nuts with these, these uh, Kickstarter things and like trying to really like create an innovative new game that like has never been done to that scale before. That's the kind of stuff that excites me. So I I think remastering as we're talking about has a a games has a place and I'm excited about it, but I still want, I, I, I worry how much, you know, because corporations, as Propzilla is saying in chat there, corporations are driven by that bottom line and they all have shareholders to answer to, their shareholders are going to say, just make another remastered game. You can make a billion dollars on this game when you have to spend all this money to develop this you know, new model when you can just remaster this game and make quick, easy cash, right? And that's, that's, that's the problem with these for-profit companies. And then when you compare them to like indie developers or Kickstarters, Kickstarter is the best thing that ever happened for the video game industry because games like Star Citizen and games like Elite Dangerous can exist because they don't have to answer to these huge conglomerate corporations. They can they can do their own thing and raise money from the consumer. So, And correct me if I'm wrong, but Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous are indie companies, right? They, they're indie, yeah. I don't know if they're, if, if they're, they might be backed by bigger companies. I don't know. Trailer might be able to speak more on that. But they did start as, like, the original developer of Elite started his own like little frontier studios or whatever it's called i think it was frontier was it or am i mixing up frontier yeah yeah frontier the guys that made planet coaster as well so they they're not a big corporation like they're they they started small and went on kickstarter and and raised the money themselves Hmm. so uh so what yeah that's that's pretty cool it's nice that they're branching out trying to do different stuff but it's like you said yeah elite dangerous doing having 400 billion star systems it's like huge and it's not something that's as far as i know has been done before at least not in an entertaining way i think no man's sky did something similar i think i just don't think it was implemented as well yeah no one no one's sky flopped terribly it was one of the biggest flops of probably the past few years yeah i heard the game is actually pretty good now but i think the launch was just tainted it way too much yeah yeah anything else you guys want to say about uh We'll move on to reboots in a second, but anything else about remasters specifically? Uh, just the only other thing that I have here is uh, just about games that have been upscaled from handhelds to console. They annoy me just specifically because, well, one in particular annoys and just annoyed the hell out of me. Final Fantasy Type Zero HD. 
The original was released in October 2011. The HD was released in March 2015. The problem is, one, they didn't add anything to it. And the graphics were so, the graphic upgrade was so minimal, you could tell that they really didn't put that much work into it. Uh, and just the fact that they didn't add anything else of value to it, because handhelds, of course, aren't as strong as consoles, it's nowhere near using the console to its full ability. So that's that for me is another type of uh, way to get money for doing very little. But uh, that's, yeah, that's a thing. That's a laziness on the technology too. Like the 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 handhold, like you can you can hit a button on your cell phone and have your cell phone broadcast into your TV. So there's no reason that these handheld devices shouldn't be able to to do that now. Like I think that's just a a handicap that the markets impose that or that the the companies have imposed to make you buy that stuff. Like I, I think it's it should all be cross compatible. I think and that's I think that's the direction the industry is going with cross compatibility and games working on multiple platforms and buying one copy of the game. Like I really like what the Windows thing is doing there, but. But yeah, that is that is annoying having to, yeah, that the, the upscaling stuff is drives me nuts too. I, I don't understand that when they just simply upscale a game. Yeah. The other one I want, the other one I was just going to mention too that I don't I don't know if we talked about this. I don't think we did. Was uh, Pokemon? Pokemon does ridiculously good remasters, and they're they've they've sold better than probably any other remasters that are out there, right? Like fire, like. They literally just add the term like, you know, Pokemon Fire Red, Pokemon Leaf Green, Pokemon Heart Gold, Pokemon Soul Silver, literally the exact same games with some updated mm-hmm. graphics on whatever the newer handheld devices. And those are hugely in demand. Like like I know for me and Kaltar, those are some of our favorite games, those remakes of the original well, yeah. the original Pokemon games. I mean, it's like, the, I think, yeah, like I think it, it's the same core game, but the stuff they added was all positive in my opinion. Yeah. They, and that's a special type of game too, because they update all of the individual Pokemon models, and they update all like just the simple fact that like the remasters had color, like the original Pokemon Blue and, Ye- and Red had no color in them at all, like it was on the original Game Boys. So, mm-hmm. getting Fire Red and Leaf Green in full color and seeing Pokemon in full color, like that kind of stuff with the original games, like they they, they know how to market it. So I yeah. think they did. They're worth noting for sure that they did a really good job. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And like all they add, they added stuff at the end of the game, and you can do a lot more content at the end if you wanted to and stuff. So it was just great all around. Mm-hmm. So let's just quickly talk about reboots, and we'll wrap it up pretty soon. But uh, I'll start. I'll start with this one, I guess. There, there. So again, reboots are using the franchise's original name, but making basically an entirely new game. So a, a good example of this is Tomb Raider. And there's a whole bunch of Tomb Raiders that trailer you have played, going back to. Do you say ni- 1986? Does it go back that far? 1996. 96. It was okay. the it was the first one on the original PlayStation. Right. So they go back to 1996, and when was the last one made before the, the latest one? Do you, do you know that? I believe it was somewhere in the 2000s. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But there and was the, a big before this. Yeah, b- before the switch to Square Enix to make uh, the reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there was, there was a whole bunch of different Tomb Raiders all through the years, and uh, then they made the one in 2013, I believe, and it was just called Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like they're almost rebooting the franchise, and that game was amazing. Like I I loved that game so much. Played it. I played it. I beat it twice. It was a fantastic game, and I personally don't see anything wrong with them doing that again it could come back to the creativity 
or and the innovation. Like, why don't they just come up with something brand new and use similar game mechanics? But I, I think it comes down to marketing as well, honestly. Well, yeah, in, in that case, with with Lara Croft, her uh, assets were uh, rounded out and made it look a bit more lifelike. <laughs> but I mean, it's uh, it was a name anyway. Uh, that was going to make money no matter what they did with it. But the fact they did such a good job with it was absolutely amazing. They took what worked with the original games and left out what was basically annoying about them. Me personally, I enjoyed most of the original series. Uh, apart getting towards the end, though, it started getting a bit stale and a bit, uh, well, stupid. But with uh, the reboot, they made the character a bit more realistic uh, in terms of character and as well as the graphics of course and the storyline was actually quite engaging and they continued that that on with the sequel rise of the tomb raider which uh i also enjoyed oh me too i beat that game too start to finish it was amazing game but yeah and i and i honestly haven't played the original games i or i haven't played anything before the reboot that was the first one i played and it appealed to me because it seemed like it was very similar to Uncharted, which is another series I'm a big fan of. Yeah. So the fact that they made that, and I was like, well, I've never played a Tomb Raider game. Let's try it out. And I and I don't. And it almost entices me to maybe go back and try some of the originals. So maybe that could be a good part of it too. Whereas if there is a brand new release game, you have nothing to go back on. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So yeah, did you play Tomb Raider, Erebus? I don't think you did. Did you? No, I'm not. I'm not really into those types of games but for me the reboots that probably are for me are like there's probably two XCOM uh, there was an original XCOM game I think back in 1994 95 or something like that yep. and I didn't even know about it I was too young probably to to have played it but XCOM came with full force like XCOM Enemy Unknown and the other one that came out like those were excellent excellent games i didn't play them a lot but i watched a lot of streams of them i found it really fun to watch people actually play it and that kind of did a you know the whole tactical turn-based uh whatever those that genre is called rts rt well it's not real time though right turn-based no, it's not it's turn-based turn strategy turn sorry yeah, yeah. stunt corrected um those types of games i i think you know they weren't doing that well fire emblem was one that was kind of still had some momentum on the ds but xcom kind of just took that genre by storm and, and kind of reinvigorated it and i think having the old xcom marketing behind it for the older gamers uh was good too i don't like it though when games drop you know they try to do a reboot and they just drop a popular franchise the same with movies like they drop a you know a popular title or a popular genre you know movie from before or a popular game from before and then they try to capitalize on it and one that i didn't buy but i watched enough of to know it didn't live up uh was thief for me uh, Thief, when I was younger, I played that and Deus Ex and a lot of those older games and really, really enjoyed them. And uh, Thief was an attempt at a reboot. I think it came out in 2014, 2015. Um, and it was an okay game, but I think if that game wasn't called Thief and was just its own new game, it would have done absolutely terribly. It wasn't like it was just a, a basic stealth game. But because they called it Thief and it was a reboot of Thief, it was a lot more hyped and a lot more had a lot more expectations for it, and so that's that's that when reboots do that, it bothers me because there's no like homage to the original game or no you know t- no uh, no effort from my perspective. Yeah, like Thief 
people hear the name Thief, like you said, and they're like, oh, I'm going to go buy this game right away. I don't care. I'm just going to pre-order it. It's the name Thief. I'm going to get it. And then it turns out to be bad. And it's and it, that can be really frustrating uh, when people go out to do something like that because just for the name itself, when the name has nothing to do with it. And I think another reboot, uh, which actually it worked out, but Prey was a game came out in 2006, 2007, I think, on the Xbox 360. I think it was on PS3. And it was on they, PC as well. And on PC, yeah. And, and they rebooted that into a brand new game and it has the same name but I think other than the name like there's are there any similarities I guess there's it's a bit of science fiction but is that it yeah I think that's pretty much where it uh, it's just a completely different a completely different storyline uh, somewhat different uh, mechanics overall and it actually plays more like an RPG hmm. uh, yeah, maybe so. along the lines of as far as uh the Fallout series, for example, where you can level up certain things. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, I, 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 I guess they're just doing it for advertising, but why not just start a brand new franchise and call it something cool and let it just advertise itself, almost? Like, so here's one. Sorry to interrupt you. And you, you'll want to talk about this one, Kelter, is SimCity. SimCity, and here's another thing. SimCity was... I, I, I wasn't that much into the games, but I know you were. The SimCity remake was one of the most bashed games I've ever seen in terms of its online functionality. I remember I, I don't remember all the details, you know more than me, but it was very very bashed, very negatively reviewed, terrible. Right? But what game came out a year or two later that completely realized there was demand in that field and took completely capitalized on it and is one of the best sellers on Steam now? City Skylines. City Skylines, yeah. Exactly. So, and that game didn't, like, I don't know if it may, maybe it was a development at the time, but they capitalized on that demand. And all of the reviews of City Skyline says, this is the game that SimCity should have been, right? So they, they kind of capitalized on that. But again, SimCity was a game that came out that just had the SimCity name. I remember you were really excited about it, and lots of other people were really excited about it. It was just a reboot of, of SimCity. And, uh, and it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. People go out and see oh, SimCity's being made. I'm gonna go buy it right away. And really, they shouldn't have because it was a terrible game. And I think a lot of people are trying to get refunds for it. And it was it was a disaster. And yeah, like City Skylines is a has a different name entirely. It's a name no one's ever heard of, but they made a game with that name and it sold really well. So going back to Prey, like why didn't they just make a new name entirely? Like I don't know why. They wouldn't do that, and and that's the thing. I think I think it backfires for developers sometimes. I think SimCity, whoever put all the money into that, whatever company that was, I think it backfires because if they had released it as a separate game, a different title, different John or different, uh, even if it was the same people, just call it something different, it would have had way less hype. And sometimes when you have less hype, less expectation, um, the game isn't as criticized and and can do a little bit better. It you know might probably won't win any awards, but it won't be. As nearly as ill received as it as it normally would be. Like if you call a game, like if 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 they all of a sudden say another RPG is coming out and it's the sequel to Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, that game damn well better be extremely good. And if it's not a ten out of ten game, it's going to be bashed to hell, even if it's nine out of ten, yeah, right? Whereas it's it's it, it, it's got a lot to live up to. So they a game it, it's a big. You know, it, it'll have some initial marketing and probably sell. Maybe it will sell. There's probably statistics on it, but they've got to be really careful that 
they deliver a product that has some longevity. And I think, uh, I think that's the issue some companies are, are running into and other companies are capitalizing on. Yeah. And I think that's like uh, legend of Zelda breath of the wild. Like that game had so much expectation, so much hype and fortunately it lived up to the hype. It's supposed to be like one of the best Zelda games, but I guess it's, it, it could have backfired as well. If it was a game that was just a lazy way of calling it a Zelda game. Cause it, it does differ a lot in mechanics mm-hmm. from, from the other Zelda games from what I'm told. But that could have really backfired on them. But fortunately, it didn't. But if they had made a game very similar to that and called it something different, then maybe it might not have sold as well. You never know. Right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about reboots and remasters? Uh, just one that uh, stands out to me as it done really well was Doom. Do- oh, yeah. How do we forget about Doom? Yeah. It's like it uh, it took reboot. what the original game was and pretty much just went... It, it's like the original Doom on crack. This thing is insane. Uh, it's fa- extremely fast-paced. Um, it has special kills in it if you get if you get close enough to the enemy and they start flashing uh, melee kills where you can do things like uh, rip off their arms or heads or you know what I mean, <laughs> separate their jaws. <laughs> it's just the good stuff like that. Uh, it, uh, honestly, I think it worked really, really well. Uh, better than Doom Three. Uh, which is arguably a reboot of the first Doom as well. But this time I think they actually got it right. Yeah, and I think that that's arguably one of the better reboots for sure, I, I would think. because I never played it myself. It's one. It's on my list. But yeah, like they, they took the original concept of the game and just made it awesome. With, and there's no false advertising with it. Like You know what you're getting with Doom. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Straight yeah. up shooter. Uh, there's very little story. Uh, well, there's more story than the original, but I mean, it's pretty much go out, kill demons, rinse, repeat. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do it for that topic. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we can have it have an ultimatum. Do you guys? So, do you guys think remasters are ultimate and reboots and stuff are ultimately good for the gaming industry, or do you think they we should just completely leave that stuff in the past and start off with new stuff so I guess well, I don't think we should leave it in the past but uh, it is oversaturated right now and it needs to slow down uh, to allow innovation to happen that's pretty much my view just to keep it simple yeah that's a good point actually Erebus what about you I, I agree it's, it's got to be it's got to be controlled but if it's if, if it's going to keep making money for them and it's all about the consumers if the consumers keep buying them then they're going to keep making them and like there's like Nintendo's selling them like crazy like all the companies are selling like crazy so it's it's going to happen whether we like it to or not um it's really going to be dictated by the wallets of the consumers and, and and i'm selfish myself like like i said if i see a deus ex remake i'll probably buy 10 copies of it like it's <laughs> it's uh it, it's just the way like the, you get excited about a game and, and, and i think it's i i hope it never leaves the industry it, it, it is really exciting to see your favorite old game and i think you know when a lot of our nostalgia from video games is based on when we're children and had a lot more time to play the games and it's just we remember them a lot more so i think it's a special part of the industry to have a game remade that you can play and enjoy on your favorite console or pc upgrade update graphics whatever so i hope that never leaves but i do hope that the uh the innovation of games is not stifled and keeps keeps moving forward yeah i would agree with that too i hope the gaming industry doesn't rely on remakes and reboots and is still able to move on and create some some new stuff. So I think we're actually all on the same page here. So that's uh, 
rare. Yeah, I hope, I hope, the, I hope the topic next week is something I can vehemently disagree with Trailer on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that will come. That will come for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, so we'll leave reboots and remasters there. Um, just to clue up the rest of the podcast, we'll, we'll finish off with some gaming deals. So, uh, Trailer, what can we uh, blow all our money on? Uh, this week, uh, GOG.com has a Telltale sale on. Telltale games are adventure games, very story-driven, and they're usually very good. Uh, they're up to 75% off. The most expensive is uh, Game of Thrones. It's uh, twenty twenty nine. Uh, the cheapest is the pu- the two Puzzle Agent games for one sixty nine and three thirty nine a piece. But my pick out of the whole thing, the one that I en- probably enjoyed the most, uh, well, and I've enjoyed quite a few of them. But I mean, this one just stands out. Was the Wolf Among Us, uh, which is sixteen eighty nine. Uh, it, it's based off of a comic book series, so it's I don't know. It's got a good storyline, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the next thing up would be Humble Bundle. And if you've ever wanted to have worms, they've got a weekly sale on for it. Uh, most of the the worms games have up to like 80% off. Uh, so you're looking for, uh, at prices from like uh, two, $2.50 up to the whole way up to like uh, 15 bucks. Is Worms Armageddon so, now? It is. And it is uh, $2.99. That is a steal. That is the best yeah. game. <laughs> that game is mis. That needs an HD remake. So, oh, yeah, it, has an HD remake. it probably does have an HD remake. I don't know. But. Next up, we got Bundle Stars. Bundle Stars has Homefront: The Revolution, the Freedom Fighter edition. It comes with the base game uh, plus the expansion slash season pass. Uh, it doesn't come with all the uh, it doesn't come with the cosmetic DLC, but it does come with all the story DLC, which is a big part of it anyway. And it is eight dollars and seventy nine cents. Um, it's a game I would recommend. That's why I've got it here on my list. Nice. So all these games, well, most of them you would recommend. I guess the ones that are your real. Oh yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Uh, whenever I make up these lists, they're games that I've either played myself or, you know what I mean, have heard very good things about. Oh, uh, cool. So yeah. And the only other thing that I have on my list here is on Steam, and it is Grid Two. If you like a bit of um, arcade uh, car racing. This is definitely one for you, and it is going for $8.24. So, that's the deals. Cool. Thanks for that, man. And on Erebus's gaming deals, uh, no, I'm just kidding, but the uh, <laughs> Green Man, we should note Green Man Gaming as well is still having their summer 2017 sale. Oh, okay. And uh, right now on the Flash deals, Deus Ex Mankind Divided is 75% off. It's only $15, down from $59.99. And Life is Strange Complete Edition. I just almost completed Life is Strange with Kelthar. I'm you know, one episode to go, and it's one of the best games I've ever played, and I don't play single-player games. That is 75% off, and you can get the entire episode 1 to 5, all DLC, complete season for $5. Get it? It'll change your uh, life. It will change your life. <laughs> and also on the Flash sales here are Bioshock Infinite for $750, Fallout 4 for $15, and Mad Max for $8. And then there's a whole bunch of other sales. That's on GreenManGaming.com. Fallout 4 is $15. Yeah. I think I might need to pick that up. Yeah, yeah I would pick it up. That's, uh, that is a good thing. Yeah. That's wicked, actually. These are, uh, yeah, and these are all Canadian prices, correct? No, I'm pretty sure they're American. Is Green Man Gaming American? Oh, okay. I think so, but there's a, but there's also a voucher there. If you put in summer 2017, you get an extra 15 percent off the prices I just said. So that'll wow put it down toward the 
it's pretty it's a pretty good deal. I don't know how much longer this 2017 sale is on. I actually thought it was over. I just checked randomly, but it it's a pretty good deal right now. Yeah, that's weird. Do they have flash deals too? You said that, those, those, those were the flash deals. Okay, yeah. There's a whole bunch of other stuff on sale, but that's just the flash deals that you get the extra 15 percent on. That's wicked. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that uh, that's it for the gaming deals, I guess. Um, that'll pretty much do it for us tonight. Um, so this was episode two of I Never Cast for This. Uh, if you want to reach us by email, you can contact us at I Never Cast for This at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook and Twitch.tv, which is where we are now. Twitch.tv slash I Never Cast for This. Uh, if you want to tune in live on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And our other website is inevercastforthis.libsyn.com. And there's links on that page to all our different podcast platforms. And you can find us on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and CastBox currently. Other than that, I think that'll do it for us. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say before we go. Anything you want to plug, anything like that? Nope. That's it. Twitch.tv slash Erebus. Haven't streamed for two years. Might do it again sometime. <laughs> sometime, yeah. And uh, oh, I stream as well sometimes. I'm uh, Twitch.tv slash Kelthar. I stream sometimes, not all the time, but every now and then. You might catch me there. And other than that, I think that'll do it for us. And we'll see you next week, same time, Monday night, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we'll see you then. I hope you all have a fantastic week, everybody.